Hey, this is Adam White. I'm the pastor of New Beginning Assembly of God, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and our hope and prayer is that this podcast inspires you, builds your faith, and lets you know that God cares and He loves you. Enjoy the message. Amen. We're talking about the vision of the church. Amen. Let me just read this for you real quick. In chapter 2, God gave Habakkuk an answer to his questions concerning the dominance of evil in the world and the possible annihilation of the righteous. The Lord stated that a time was coming when all the wicked would be destroyed and the only people not shaken would be the righteous, those who are related to God by their faith. Amen. So this is God's vision. God is telling Habakkuk, listen, I know you're concerned about all the evil that's going on. Amen. There's so much evil and it looked like the evil was prospering and God's people were just down in the dumps and there was, you know, it just looked like they just did everything right, but it just didn't amount to nothing because the wicked was just getting into power and doing all kind of crazy stuff. So God tells Habakkuk, this is the vision I'm giving you. This is what I'm telling you what's going to happen, and you run with it. (laughs) Amen? Oh, he run with it. Amen? So I want to talk to you just like God has given Habakkuk a vision of things that are going to happen, of what's going to happen with the church and God's precious people, I want you to know that God also gives us a vision. Amen? God gives us a vision. Amen? God, like I said, God is not like that sea turtle that just hatches us, leaves us alone, and go off in the ocean doing whatever. But he always is with us through the thick and through the thin, through the ups and through the downs, through good times and bad times. God is not going to leave us in this life alone. Amen? He's never left me alone. Amen? So I want to talk to you tonight about the vision. But before I do that, I do want to step back a little bit and reiterate the mission. Sister Marcy, go ahead and put that up. This is our mission. Amen? We talked about to passionately proclaim at home and abroad in word and deed, Jesus as Savior, Baptizer, and the Holy Ghost, Oh, I forgot healer and soon coming king. Amen. That is the mission of our church, New Beginning Assembly of God. Amen. This is what our vision team came up with. This is what we said. What is our church about? Amen. The mission of the church is the DNA of our church. It's what we are. It's who we are. It's in us. (laughs) You can't take it away from us. Amen. It is ingrained in us that the new new beginning assembly of God is about passionately proclaiming at home and abroad in word and deed, Jesus as Savior, baptizer in the Holy Ghost, healer and soon coming King. Amen. Thanks, Sister Marcy, for adding that. Amen. And I'm going to say this too. I sometimes will repeat 
our mission statement a lot and our vision a lot. And the reason I repeat it is so that I want you to grab it. I want you to get it as well. And I'm telling you, I'm working on something right now, Sister uh, uh, Sister Nanny. You're gonna like this. It's gonna be up on. It's gonna be up on walls, and it's gonna have where it's actually showing where our mission and all that. I've I've got a graffiti artist. That's no. I'm just, I'm just joking about that. No. Oh, but but oh. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm serious about that. We've got to know what this church is about. Amen. And this reflects the heart, I believe, of what the Lord would have him to do with our church. And not with our church, but with any church. Remember, I took you back to Matthew's gospel, the 28th chapter. We talked about Jesus, how he stood there. And oh, they said that some of his disciples came and worshiped and some doubted. Amen. And that was powerful right there. I'm going to preach one day about that. <laughs> Amen. Because that hit me like a brick. Sometimes people in your life are going to doubt. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes people are going to doubt. Amen. But that's all right. God, Jesus still gave the commandments to his disciples. Amen. Just those that doubted missed out on it. Hopefully they were part of that 3,000 I got saved when Peter preached, amen, on the day of Pentecost. But praise God forevermore, that is what our great commission is, to go. Jesus said to go, to proclaim the good, accept, the good news, amen. And so that is what this mission is, to passionately proclaim at home and abroad in word and deed. What are we praying? Jesus as Savior. Amen. Jesus is the only way. Not only that, he baptizes you in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And with fire. We need to add that part back. The Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. Hallelujah. He's a healer. Amen. And he's coming back. Praise God forevermore. So like I said, the mission, the mission of the church is the DNA of our church. It cannot be removed from who we are. What we do as a church always must be about that. It must always be about lifting up the name of Jesus. It must always be about, and I don't mean to be, oh Lord, I was afraid this was going to happen, me preach the mission statement again, but I don't want to do that. Oh, but I'm just telling you, it's in me. I can't help it. Oh, we have to be about that. That has to be what we're about. If someone come up to you at a restaurant and say, what's your crazy church about? Our church is about passionately proclaiming in, in word and deed at home and abroad. Jesus as Savior, baptizer in the Holy Ghost, healer, and soon coming King. Get saved, get baptized, get healed, and he's coming back, so you better hurry up. Amen. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. That's what we are all about. And again, that it, it exemplifies what Jesus said to his disciples. To go. Amen. To go. To go and to go and to go. It can... The mission of the church, too, can never change. It's who we are. That can never change. If it changes, we're in trouble. If it changes, oh, we need to think of something else. <laughs> if we ever get to the point, if I ever get to the point to preach something contrary to what this mission is, oh, y'all got permission to sit me in the office and talk to me. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. We cannot deviate from that. That is who we are. Amen. Hallelujah. The mission answers the question, why do we exist? Why do we exist? Why was this church built? Why do we come to this church? 
Why don't you go to other churches or this church or that church? Because this is the church, amen, that God has led us to. And this is the church that says this is what God is telling us that we should be about. The mission. The mission. Amen. So it answers the question, why do we exist? Why do we meet here? Amen. I know we're going to meet and soon we're going to eat some uh, chicken salad sandwiches. Mama brought some, uh, we got some potato chips and mama brought some pasta salad and, and we got cupcakes and we got apple dump cake and all that kind of stuff and tea and all that stuff. And that's good. Amen. It's good to fellowship and it's good, but that can't be all that we're all about. Amen. That can't be our number one goal. Our number one goal is that. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So now let's talk about the vision. Amen. We have a vision. Amen. The vision clarifies what the church should do or not do. The vision clarifies what the church should do or not do. Amen. The vision is a part of the mission and the vision will always point back to the mission while also pointing forward. Amen. The, the vision points back to the mission, but it also points forward to say where we're going. Amen. It sets the agenda, priorities, and budget for the future. It guides the leaders during their season of leadership. The vision answers the question, where are we going and what do we want to become? Where are we going and what do we want to become? That's what the vision is. And that's exactly what God was talking about to Habakkuk. He said, I know what the righteousness is all about. I know what the mission is and all of that. But I'm telling you, there is something heading and I have not forgotten y'all. So you've got to write this vision, I'm telling you, and run with it and go because it won't tarry. Now you've got to catch the vision and run with it. Amen? Kind of catch that vision and run with it. Hallelujah. The vision again answers where are we going and what do we want to become? Hallelujah. It's a way to provide clarity. Some ask these questions about the vision. Usually when somebody asks about what a vision, I, I just looked up, I went online and I said, you know, how, what's the vision of a church or whatever? And so they gave me some of these questions and I wrote them down. It said, is the vision clear? Can others understand it? Is it challenging when other people hear it? Are they inspired? Is it visual? Does it create mental images uh, of a better future for the church and its community? Is it future-oriented? Is it realistic yet stretching? Does it inspire passion? After hearing it, do people feel energized to devote themselves to it? Is it culturally relevant? Can it be understood and embraced by the people in the church? So these are all good questions to ask. These are all wonderful things, and there's nothing wrong with them. The only problem I have is that the first question should all have been, have we talked to God what the vision is? Have we talked to God about what the vision is? <laughs> I'm glad you got it. <laughs> Amen. Oh, that should have been the first thing. Amen. And I know, again, the statements and all of that are, you know, I know what they were trying to do. But 
in a realistic state, the first thing we got to do is get to God and say, God, what's the vision? We know what we're about, but how are we going to accomplish it? How are we going to move forward from that? Amen. It's wonderful to be saved, but if you don't do nothing but be, but you don't do nothing, <laughs> that's an awful state to be. You won't grow. Amen. You won't grow spiritually. You won't mature spiritually just to be saved and sit on a bench and just uh, sing songs and read the Bible and all that. And that's all you do. And you don't ever grow spiritually or experience God or anything like that. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. But the vision propels us to go. The vision tells us what it is that we're going to do and how we're going to accomplish it. Amen. So what is our vision? Sister Marcy, our vision is experiencing God, serving others, and sharing hope. That is what our vision is about. That is what we are saying that we know we are to, our mission is to passionately proclaim at home and abroad in word and deed. Jesus Christ as Savior, baptizer in the Holy Ghost, healer and soon coming King. That's great. So what do we do with that now? Now our vision is, okay, we're going to get who we are and we're going to propel and launch ourselves. And that's the vision. To experience God, serving others, and sharing hope. Amen? That is what we feel is our vision for the church. Now let me tell you this. The vision can change. The vision can change. But the mission can never change. But if the vision changes, if it changes, it always has to point back to that mission of what we're at. But it also points forward to say, go. <laughs> it's the unction. Amen. The mission is what we're about. The vision is what we're doing about it. Amen. And so that is what our vision is. That is what we feel, amen, that God is calling us. And I know that this vision statement was written a couple of years ago, but I have not felt nor since to change it. And if I ever do change it, we will have to call back our vision team and talk about it and everything. But right now, I don't feel like that we should change this. I think that should be our vision. For the next year, for the next five, for the next ten, for the next thirty, fifty, whatever. Amen. Experiencing God, serving others, and sharing hope. Amen. Amen. That's what I really feel in my heart. That this is what we're about. This is our driving point. This is what helps us to go forward. Amen. And so, let, so then what I began to do, I began to break that down. And I began to break down why. Why is that our vision? Why is it important to experience God? Amen. In Luke's gospel, chapter number 24 and 32, it explains to us why we need to experience God. I'm telling you, folks, there's a lot of good, happy things that have happened to maybe our lives. If we look back, we might think of a... A gift that we maybe wanted really bad and we got it. Maybe something happened and it exactly happened how we wanted it and it was wonderful and all of that. 
and we think back at the joy that some things or some people or, or whatever had given us. Amen. If we look back at when we got married or when we had kids or firstborn or, or whatever, when they graduated, with any kind of life experiences, amen, we can look back and say, oh, that was pure joy. I was so excited about those. Amen. But there is one experience <laughs> that should be the root of everything that said, oh, it was when I first experienced God in my life. Oh, when I first had a touch from heaven. <laughs> oh, amen, that should be the first, one of the first things that, man, I remember when God touched me. Oh, I remember when God came down from me. I remember when, oh, I was in deep in sin. Oh, going the wrong way. Didn't want nothing to do with them. But God just stepped right on in and said, hey, I want you. And he saved us. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, to experience God. Amen. That is what we should be all about. Amen. That everyone we come in contact with has got to experience God. Amen. And again, I want to say this too. I'm, I don't want to really teach like almost theology in this sense. But I want us to take these that the reason we have these is not just something to be remembered. But something that we can take with us wherever we go. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I pray every time I step out of my car to go wherever I go, that somebody's got to experience Jesus when I'm near them. Somebody's got to sense something that says, hey, something's different. Something's wrong. Something's weird about him. I don't understand what's going on with you, but I like you for some reason, and I don't understand it. Why? Amen. To experience. Oh, in that Luke's gospel that I told you, 24 and 32. Amen. It said, and they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while we talked with us by the way and while he opened, and while he opened to us the scriptures. Amen. This was Jesus on these two guys on the road to Emmaus. As they were going on and Jesus appears to them. And man, I tell you, they begin to just talk to him about what's happening and what's going on about Jesus and all these kind of things. And he just begins to open the scriptures and all of that. And then when they get to where they're going, he, Jesus is saying, all right, I got to go. And they said, no, don't you? Please come. They, they wanted him to come with them. And so he did. And he ate supper with them. And then all of a sudden he was breaking bread. And then it said their eyes were open. And it said when their eyes were open, whew, he disappeared. He vanished in front of them. And then that is the verse that came right after them. Did not our hearts burn within us? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's something when we're with God's people, when we experience God's love. Amen. Talking about Sunday morning. Oh, when we experience that, I'm telling you, folks, there is something about it. You can't get a hold of it. Amen. When God comes into your life, you can experience. And folks, that's what other that's what we want other people to do. Amen. This Jesus that we're preaching and proclaiming at home and abroad and word and deed as Savior, Baptizer, Healer, and soon coming King. Amen. We want people to experience that. Amen. We want people to experience wherever we go with that. Hallelujah. Why? Because it changes people's lives. 
Amen. It changes people's lives. It changes them from where they once were to now something new. A new life in Christ. Amen. Something brand new. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. I just still believe God still touches. God still sets free and God still saves. Amen. The drunkard, let them come on in. The pothead and smokers, come on in. Because I know the Jesus, if I can get a hold of them and they can experience the same Jesus that's in me, hallelujah, they'll put down that liquor and they'll put down those smoking things. They'll stop all that cussing. They'll stop all that fighting. They'll stop all of that stuff because they know that they've felt something that they hadn't felt before. And it lasts. Hallelujah. It lasts. Praise God. Y'all, I remember the first time I got saved. Amen. Oh, when I got saved, I didn't eat nothing. Amen. I was so full. I didn't eat no dinner. It was an afternoon and Sunday night. I didn't want to eat nothing. I was full. I was happy. I went to bed rejoicing and happy. I was full. Praise God. Because I knew my life was different from that point on. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I can preach on that for an hour, but let's move on. Amen? Because I do want to move on. I want to be sensitive to everybody's time, and I want to eat. So, (laughs) amen. So, moving from experiencing God, we now go to serving others. Amen? First, we've got to understand that we serve when you're saved. Amen? When you've been bought by the blood of Jesus. Amen? You're not just a free agent now. You've just transferred ownership. (laughs) Amen. You were in service to the devil and the world system. Now Jesus has bought you and now you're in service in him. Amen. So the first thing we've got to understand is we serve the Lord. Amen. We serve the Lord. Psalms 100 100 verse 2 says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Psalms 100 verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Amen, that is a command. That is what we are supposed to do. We are to serve the Lord. What does it mean to serve the Lord? It's to mean to serve the Lord is to obey his word, to do the things that he asks us to do, to do the things that he asks us not to do. Amen, to not do those things. We are under his leadership. Amen. I'll tell you this story. Um, this guy I've been following, it's an Assemblies of God church in Louisiana. And the name of their church is The Assembly. <laughs> I thought, well, that's kind of a interesting name. But that they changed their name and they just changed it to The Assembly. And the preacher was talking, and I'm listening to him and everything. Good preacher. I can't tell you his name right now, but I can look it up for you. But good message, good everything, and... And he said, he posted this message and he said, when I first got this church, everybody said, don't take this church. This church has problems. You'll, they'll run you off, all these kind of bad stuff or whatever. Well, he said, I felt the Lord telling me. See, sometimes serving the Lord means you got to go into places that you don't want to go to. <laughs> you got to act ways that you don't want to act. Amen. And you got to be in places and positions that Everybody will look around and say, that's crazy. Are you seriously taking that church? Yes, I am because God told me. Because God is my master and I've got to obey him. Amen. And so he took this church, grew, grew, grew. Grew a huge church now. I don't know how many, but man, I mean, it looks like in the thousands during uh, 
service times and all of that, made an announcement and said, Lord told me to get out and leave. <laughs> I thought, good Lord, <laughs> this is the craziest thing. I thought, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Lord, don't kill me. <laughs> I'd kill myself. I ain't going nowhere. Amen. Hallelujah. But no, he said, People are telling me that I'm crazy for leaving. This church is growing and it's booming, doing all wonderful things. But God has told me and my wife and family that we have to leave. You have to go to Tennessee now. And I thought to myself, good Lord, <laughs> that's horrible. But we have to understand that if he is telling us, God told him. God's leading him to this direction. And that's what God does sometimes. He leads us into directions in the times because he is our master and we have to obey what he tells us. Even if the world looks at us and say, you're crazy, even those that said, why are you leaving this good, vibrant church that's just busting out of the seams? It don't make any sense. He said, I know it don't make sense, but God has told me. And I don't know whether he's right or wrong or if he had too many Taco Bells that night. I don't, I don't know. But that's what he believes. And that's all we've got to do. Folks, sometimes that's the only thing we can do is just say, I just believe it and I just know the voice of God and he's leading me to this way. Amen. So we have to understand that we serve the Lord first. And because we serve the Lord, we serve others. Because we serve the Lord, we serve others. Amen? 1 Peter 4 and 10 said, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Another translation said it this way, For each, excuse me, each one should use whatever gift he has received to excuse me, to serve others, faithfully administrating God's grace in its various forms. So see, it is talking about God expects us to serve others. Jesus talked about the least, the greatest of you are the least. The greatest in the kingdom are the least, the ones that serve. Amen. I, there was a good quote. I just forgot it right then, but it said... Um, they talking. It was one of the meetings with the preachers that I had, and it was basically talking like, um, oh, I forget it. But it was talking about basically the gist of it was is just because you're the preacher don't mean that you're so high and mighty. <laughs> you still got to serve. You still have to be the least. You still have to. You know, you hadn't arrived, amen? You've got to serve the people, basically is what, the, what he was saying, and I forget the wording of it. But anyway, that was the gist of it. But we have to serve others with the gifts that God has called us and has equipped us for. And you can say, well, I don't know really what my gift is and I, don't, I can't do all these things. Well, you know, that's something that you have to find for yourself to do. Amen. I'm not going to take a test or, <laughs> or figure out what your gifting is or nothing like that. You know that there is something you like and God can, you know what, a simple gift or a simple thing could be just to say hi to everybody that walks into the church. Hug everybody, stick, look around, clean. I mean, what? there's so many possibilities for service that God has called us to serve. 
God has called us to serve him first and the other second. And because of we're serving him, we can serve others. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, no, that's the same thing. Okay. Amen. So serving others is an important fact for our vision. Because we want everybody to experience God and we want to serve others. Why? Because we want to, we want to, by sharing, by serving others, we're doing what Jesus said when it said, if you do it to the least of these, you do it unto me. Amen? If you do it to the least of these, you're doing it unto me. Amen? We serve others not because of for our glory, but for we're doing it for his glory. Amen. We're serving because it's like we're doing it unto Jesus. I remember Sister Shoes would talk about that. Just giving a glass of water to someone is like I'm giving a glass of water to Jesus. Amen. Hugging somebody is just like I'm hugging Jesus. I'm doing it unto him. And yeah, there's times where people are just downright rude and ugly and all that, but we can still serve and be hot, hey, and nice to see and open the door and all that. You know, I've been doing that lately. Anybody that, if I go to a store or whatever and someone's behind me, I open the door for somebody else. Like I go, I open the door for Marcy, and then I open the door and wait. If there's people behind me, I let them go on and say, y'all go ahead and go on. And you think, well, that's kind of, you know, you're supposed to do all that. But... That's a type of service. Amen. We're sharing and, and, and doing that by using our light to this dark world. Amen. We're serving others so that they could see Jesus in us. Amen. And lastly, we're talking about sharing hope. Our vision is to experience God. We want to serve others. And folks, we've got, we're, we want to share hope. <laughs> Jesus is our hope today. Jesus is our hope. 1 Timothy 1 and 1 says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, <coughs> by the commandment of God, our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Jesus is our hope. Amen? There is not, I don't have a lot of confidence and a lot of things now. <laughs> Amen. I don't have a lot of confidence in politicians and lawmakers. I don't have a lot of confidences in companies and all of that kind of mess. I don't have a lot of confidence in people and all of that. But folks, one thing that I do have confidence in is Jesus Christ is my hope. He is my joy. He's my peace. He's my love. And he's my hope this night. Amen. Oh, without Jesus, we're hopeless. I thought about this, Sister Cat. Listening to, I'll listen to videos, and sometimes I get on these crazy YouTube videos, and it talks about atheists and how they don't believe and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, what a miserable life to live, to think in your mind that this is just one one life, and then once we're done with, poof, you're you're you don't exist anymore. I'd 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 crawl up in my bed, lock the door, and just rock back and forth if I knew. That, that was the only hope that I had was just one life. And I mean, I'd be careful. I'd wear, I'd wear a suit of armor to protect me, to make sure that I live life to the very fullest and best. I don't want nothing to happen to me. I'm telling you, I'd wrap myself up with tinfoil and them bubble. You know, you get packages and I have the bubble wrap. Oh, I'd wrap myself in bubble wrap and make sure I don't hurt or hit nobody. Amen. <laughs> to know that there was no hope. Oh, my goodness. 
to there, there was no hope. That's terrible. But folks, we have hope tonight. Oh, Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our answer. Jesus tells us we can get up in the morning. Jesus says we can lift our, we can lay down our head at night. Jesus said you can go here and that and the other because the angels of the Lord protect around about us. Why? Because Jesus is our hope tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're sharing hope. Oh, there's a lot of people that like to share stuff. <laughs> a lot of people like to share their diseases, their sicknesses, their nastiness. <laughs> Some people like to share their addictions with others. Some people like to share their problems with others. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about they want, <laughs> they got problems so they want them to join in so that they can have the problems too. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, but they just want people to, there's a lot of people that are wanting to share all kind of things, but it'll all lead down an empty road, a dead end road. But praise be to God, hallelujah, that sent his son Jesus Christ. He is our hope today. He is that road that we can go on that will lead to everlasting, to everlasting life. Praise God forevermore. He is our hope. And because of that, we are to share our hope. We're to share it. Hallelujah. Oh, folks, I feel like sometimes Jeremiah, oh, they locked him up in prison because he did exactly what the Lord told him to do. And he said, God, I'm not going to treat, I'm not going to say nothing, no more else. I'm so tired. I've done exactly what you said. But oh, they just been so mean to me. Now I'm locked up in prison and I'm done. I'm going to sit on this chair and I'm not going to do nothing. But he said, oh, it's like fire shut up in my bones. Oh, I can't stop. Oh, no matter how much they do to me, I want to just quit. But there's something inside that says, no, I've got to keep on keeping on. I've got to go. I've got to go. Why? Because he had a hope. He had a hope. And folks, that's why we can deal with the things we deal with. <laughs> that's why we can deal with the problems and the things that life throws our way. Because we've got a hope. I'm telling you, folks, not only that, I love what, um, where is it at? I forget, maybe it's in Peter. Uh, I forget where it is in Scripture, but it talks about a living hope. We've got a living hope. Praise God forevermore. It's alive. This hope is alive. This hope is something dead that's mummified in some museum or nothing like that. No, but it's a living hope. Hallelujah. We're supposed to share it. 1 Peter 3.15 But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Peter is saying, Whoa, we got to give an answer. Be ready be instant in season and out. Amen. <laughs> I remember sister, she used to say that. <laughs> Come on, you got to be instant in season and out of season. Come on. <laughs> Get up here and testify. Go there and do this thing. Go on and pre preach and do all these kind of things. Be instant in season and out of season. Amen. Hallelujah. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh for a reason of the hope that is in you. Amen. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Why are you so happy? Why are you so excited? Why you act like a like a ferocious chihuahua, like <laughs> like Brother Juno Douglas told all his people in his church that I'm a chihuahua? <laughs> Amen. Why is that? 
Because, folks, I've got a hope <laughs> that bubbles up on the inside and it comes on out. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. This hope sustains me. This hope keeps me alive. This hope heals me. And this hope gives me peace. Why? Because it's in Jesus is our hope. Mark 16 and 15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. There is hope. The gospel is a gospel of hope. The gospel is a gospel of peace. And the gospel is a gospel of love. Amen. Oh, folks, this is our vision. This is what we're going about. This is what we are. This is what's going to help us accomplish what we are. <laughs> and to let everybody else know what we're all about. Experiencing God, serving others, and sharing hope. Amen. That's our vision. That's where we're headed. That's what we want. That's what people to say of us. That's what we want people when they think a new beginning assembly of God. We want them to say, oh, you know what? I know, I know that we could experience God in that church. And you know what? Oh, I know that that church, that ser that's the church that serves others with the love of Jesus. Wherever they go, oh, I'm telling you, they're serving Jesus. They're doing work. And oh, you better not get bombed by themselves because a few minutes they're going to talk about sharing the hope that they got with the Lord Jesus and making sure you're saved and on your way to heaven and if you're not they're going to pray for you right then and there praise God forevermore that is the vision that we want for this church that is the vision we know who we are it ain't changed long time since I was little and it ain't going to change as long as I'm the pastor amen that DNA that mission passionately proclaiming at home and abroad in word and deed Jesus as Savior baptizer in the Holy Ghost Healer and soon coming king. Amen. Our four cardinals of the assemblies of God that will never, ever, ever, ever change. Amen. Time back to those 16 fundamental truths. That's who we are. And folks, let me tell you something. I looked around and you know every Pentecostal denomination has stolen our 16 fundamental truths. <laughs> every one of them. I look at these independent churches and I look at all the... And guess what? I see what they believe in. Guess what? It's a carbon copy of what we've started way back in 1916 in Arkansas. That's when we, the Assemblies of God met and said, we're going to come up with what we believe as a fellowship of who we are. And they came up with those 16 fundamentals. And folks, it was done 1916 and 2019 still had changed. And praise God, as long as I'm the pastor, it ain't going to change either. Because we know that that's the truth. We know that that's what we can rely on. That's who we are. But now that we know who we are, what are we going to do about it? Share it. Experience God. Serving others. Sharing hope. Hallelujah. That's what's going to propel us to go. That's what's going to go to help get people saved. To bring people to the kingdom of God. That's what we're going to do. And everything now that we do... There better be something that people can experience God, serve others, or sharing hope. I like what Brother Tommy said uh, when we go to some pastor's meeting. He said, I've changed everything of what we're doing. Because he said, sometimes we have been event-oriented. That we want churches to come to us, and churches to come to us, and churches to come to us. And that's not what the district's supposed to be. The district's supposed to be us coming to y'all. <laughs> and he said, so every event, everything we do, if it don't line up with, that, with their mission statement to go and equip, equip, encourage, and something else, 
the, the churches, the local churches and all that, we ain't doing it. Bless God, let me tell you something. If ever we do anything and all of that, folks, it better be about our mission. We know what our DNA is, and that'll never change. But oh, if we do anything, it better be, somebody better be able to experience God, serve others, and sharing hope. Amen? That's what it's about. That's what's going to propel us to go. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand tonight? Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit newbeginningag.com slash gift for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends, you can click the share button to post on any of your social media pages. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.